This short code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at MedEdMedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Code Podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews. By students, for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcode.com. Welcome back to the Short Code Podcast, a production of the University of Iowa Carver <laughs> College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler. As we record this, it's Friday. August 7th, and in just a couple of days, a new crop of victims and students <laughs> will join the Carver College of Medicine and hopefully as co-hosts of our little show. Uh, but that's neither here nor there because I've got some beautiful, wonderful co-hosts for this show. Say hello to MD-PhD student Aline Sanduk. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> M2, Eric Bosart is here today. Hello. And M2, Ananya Munjal Hi. is with us as well. Thank you for joining me in the studio and from the internet. <laughs> Good to be here. Oh, Did yeah. you have a problem with my hello? Is that why we were laughing? It was sort of, you know, we need to talk, uh, you know, I need to talk with uh, co-hosts uh, during the orientation um, roughly 90 shows ago for you, Aline. <laughs> um <laughs> About, you know, just being enthusiastic <laughs> when you say hello. Hello. I'm just, I'm, I'm just giving hello. you crap. Yes. <laughs> All right. I'm I'll just work giving on you... my hellos. I know that you're enthusiastic. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, it's... I'm not fully caffeinated yet. That's why. That's, it's, it's noon. <laughs> Were you, did you sleep I, in? You know what? I don't come here to be judged. <laughs> I don't answer to you. You're not my boss. <laughs> These are unprecedented times. Uh, well, it doesn't matter. I am glad to have you here. Um, Thank you. Ananya. Yes, hello. You are doing something cool. Oh, yes. Just sitting there, you're doing something cool. Thank but you. you're doing something cool in general, uh, which is that uh, you've helped launch a, you founded and helped launch a, uh, a CECOM student art journal. Yes, it's cool. This is good. Thank you. I feel so important right now. It's it's called The Appendix. Yes, it's called The Appendix. Um, basically, we were just trying to help um, artists of all kinds um, that are in uh, health professional schools um, get their art out. So this could be um, writing or painting, photography, uh, and we're really trying to make it as diverse as possible. So um, if you are listening and you are in a medical school, pharmacy school, Ooh, we're opening it up. Oh, we're doing all kinds of health professionals. Yes, That's because cool. we love interprofessional collaboration. Wow, um, I thought yeah. it was just going to be CECOM. That's no, wonderful. No, it's good. Yeah, we're yeah, it, it, it's really good. I think it's. I think it's better this way because we're getting some really cool submissions from um, PT and pharmacy. Yeah, so we're opening it up, and really, um, we've been like trying to talk about uh, like who should submit, and we really think it should be anyone. So if you're at any medical school or any health professional school, and you would like to get your work seen, um, we would love to see it. So if you want to go to theappendix.org. Um, there's like a place to submit there and if you are not an artist or whatever you can consume this art and it's really really good I mean not just because I'm involved with it but it really is there's a lot I'm, of good quality work on I'm it I'm amazed by you know like we are the writing and humanities program and, and, and among our jobs is to sort of foster this idea mm -hmm. and yet I'm amazed at the names of people submitting things I'm like who the hell is that I know I know it's great like, what are people doing people are doing stuff very cool stuff uh 
sort of below the radar. I agree. I know. That's why this is so good. And yeah. you get to consume it and meet other people and collaborate with them. Um, yeah. And there's some like really cool pieces where like somebody wrote a poem and then somebody else like made a picture based on that poem and we published it together, stuff like that. So I don't know, whatever you do, there's like some animations going up today. So that'll be cool. Like there's some, I don't know, cool stuff okay. of all mediums. So well, uh, so why did you, what, what made you want to do this? Um, I think that, so I'm a writer and I think like when I first came here, I like met people kind of like you said like, that were like doing things under the radar and I would like see their work and be like, this is actually really good. And I don't know that we have a place specifically here at Iowa that we're really showcasing this in a way that's easy to consume. Yeah. Cause and, we'll yeah. put stuff on the wall if you bring it yeah, to us. Exactly. Like I'll put stuff up on the wall, but except for Dave, nobody yeah. was doing a good job. Well, I mean, but, but that's sort of a limited audience. I know exactly. And I think, I mean, I mean, COVID was like, I think, uh, opportune time to explore like digital medium yeah you, um, had, a, you had a few days on your hand yeah i had a lot of time <laughs> and people were like more willing i think to go see something that was being put online or maybe yeah more time to consume that um but yeah i think ideally i think like what this would have looked like maybe like 20 30 years ago and i think we had something like this was like a paper copy of something mm-hmm. like a magazine that comes out once a semester but i think um, given limited time to like publish these things and like the way that we're consuming media now, I think it's just a really good way to like put something on a website and you can check in like multiple times a week. If you have a couple minutes, um, we usually publish like around like noon, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So if you're like on the rounds, if you're in the hospital, um, you know, you can take a minute and your noon conference to take a look and see what's up there. Um, yeah, I just think that there wasn't a place for this. That and there was, there are. I mean, like we have so many submissions, so there clearly it, like is an audience of people that both like want to see this and want to like show people the work that they've been doing, just because they are passionate about painting or photography. And so, yeah, I think it's just a easy way to like put all these people together and um, people are doing the work, so I think it should be seen. I think you're right about the timing. I mean, yeah, there's there's there was definitely, I don't know, like. Sometimes when you're freaking out about something like that's a good time for art. Yeah. Yes, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. And um, and we were definitely doing that. Um, and we had and we also had time on our hands because I mean med students are always freaking out about something yeah. or other, but this was like a different <laughs> kind of freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> a mortality freak out. Who's who's thing. helping who's helping you yeah. out with this? So there's a lot of people. Um, so obviously Kate at the humanities program it, um has been wonderful. You've been wonderful. And Thank you. I will, I'm just, there's a list. I'd like to just like read them all out. Yeah, yeah. All right. Shout out. Um, so, okay. So I'm the editor in chief. Um, Sahana Arumagam is the managing editor. Uh, co-host. Yes. yes. She's been on. Mm-hmm. Haley Stefan is a photography editor. Um, Evan Economos is the design editor. Anna Graf is the writing editor. Samantha Swartz is the creative writing editor. Samantha Parks is our marketing editor. Olivia Snyder is our public relations editor. Um, you can find us on Instagram and she does a great job of that. Um, Kenzie McKnight is our administrative editor Co-host. and yes and um, Claire Carmichael is our treasurer so it's a big team and it's really good nice. so, so yeah. nice it's really good it's really I don't know a strong group of people too I know they're all they're all wonderful and they're all so on top of it yeah. So, yeah. well I'm really impressed with how uh, this kind of took off thank you because it's well, not me at all it was everyone, well, I know, everyone. I mean, but I'm still impressed because I don't know to be honest sometimes like students come and I again I think it's the timing but I think you know it's like students come up with great ideas right mm-hmm. and then it's like well I really want to do this but I have to go and play doctor yeah and you know that sort of gets in the way of of doing these great ideas so I agree yeah well done thank you that's everyone thank you appendix team yeah, for yeah. being a part of it you're Absolutely. all wonderful keep it up Thank you.
I have a listener question uh, sent to the shortcoats at gmail.com, and I haven't even opened it yet, so uh, let's see. There we go. <laughs> I get all my emails delivered to me on paper in envelopes. <laughs> uh, that's, Can you imagine that would be a nightmare? <laughs> That'd be fun. Fan I have mail. my. I have my. So <laughs> yeah, I have my assistant. Uh, you know, print them out, put them in yeah. envelopes, put a stamp on it, <laughs> put it in the email, put it in the mail, and then it gets delivered right to my. Put a piece of candy in it. Spray yeah. it with with something that so, smells nice. I was going to say perfume. Yeah, yeah. No, perfume. <laughs> perfume, you know, just like the old days. You know, if you wanted to attract a mate, you would be like... <laughs> or a podcast host. You yeah. just spray your <laughs> mail. Um, I don't have an assistant. Just want to <laughs> clear the air. Just want to clear the air. Full David's disclosure. doing this for himself. I got nothing. <laughs> Uh, the question is from Logan, who has a qu- his, his question is about service in medicine. He says, I can't believe I hadn't discovered your podcast sooner, but I did as I'm right in the middle of this application cycle and I've been binging your episodes nonstop. Thank you very much. Uh, question on the secondary applications. It seems like medical schools draw a distinct line between fields that focus on serving the underserved, like primary care and specialties like surgery. What would you recommend for somebody who is interested in both facets of medicine? That's an excellent question from Logan. someone interested in surgery, but also interested in serving the underserved? Right. I don't think they're mutually exclusive at all. I think that's... But I I can see how you might get that impression. I think, you know, if I can chime in, I feel like the... That's why you're here. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Aline, hello. (laughs) Hello. Um, Hi. Hello. Hi. Um, you know, I think a lot of volunteer work with the underserved tends to focus on like meeting basic needs, uh, as opposed like in surgery being kind of a specialized skill, um, maybe it feels a little bit out of reach for people, but you know, there's, um, there's a couple of groups at Iowa actually that travel to different uh, areas of the country and the world, um, performing cleft palate surgeries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. That's entirely possible. Mm-hmm. I think I've heard of a group in like the peds department that i think that they do a pretty good job of like i think some of the doctors get like two weeks off a year to go do that like that's the point is Mm -hmm. to go do a service something i know i think the one that i'm thinking of in particular like they did like doctors without borders for like two weeks Mm -hmm. or something like that yeah and i know um you know we have many student groups uh, that are focused on that you know that that focus on the specialties like ophthalmology yeah. mm-hmm. but who are also doing things like i uh, i think it's called um uh, site ui hmm. yep right and they're so they're focused on providing um you know things like glasses for people who mm-hmm. can't otherwise afford them mm-hmm. um I don't think that there is anything that prevents you from engaging in service um, as a uh, as somebody who's also interested in specialization. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are the benefits of service to the person who does the service? Like you know, you're you're doing a service, Ananya, by oh. doing the appendix. Oh wow, that's um, which I which I think is is interesting. But you know, there's all kinds of service, especially the, mm-hmm. the clinical service stuff. I think. Uh, if I could take one step back and then answer your question, when he was, I think it, when you kind of like Aline was saying that there's opportunities in all fields, but I think um, when you're doing medicine in any form, you're going to be treating people of all backgrounds. And naturally, like some of these people are going to be underserved because of their background. Maybe they're like socioeconomic status. Race is a huge one. And so I think when you are, you know, I mean, like people that are like poor still need to have like life-saving procedures, just like people who are rich. That's just one example, I guess, of like being underserved. And so when you are like, treating anybody, I think that, I don't know, you, you, 
enrich yourself by being exposed to different kinds of people and by, you know, realizing maybe like you live in a community that's like predominantly white or predominantly like a socioeconomic class. And so when you expand your horizons, maybe by going to like a different country through mm-hmm. Doctors Without Borders or, um, I don't know, exposing yourself to different populations, I think that just makes you a better person. And I think especially importantly, a better healthcare provider, because you take the time to acknowledge that not every population is the same. And of course, we can't treat every person like they're the same. And um, kind of to the point between like primary care as maybe treating more um I can't remember the way that the question was phrased, but saying that primary care has more service involved than surgery. I don't, yeah, I don't know if, I don't know if, I think that's a little bit of a false distinction because I think you, at any phase of your training or at any specialty, need to acknowledge that there's like a component for social workers and a component Mm -hmm. for people that meet you where you're at that is beyond the surgery. And that's like super important in surgery. Almost, I mean, I think equally as important as it is as a primary care provider to acknowledge all these different, you know, barriers to care. I think too that, I mean, for a lot of people, I think they would argue that going into a specialty, part of that is the driving force of that is the idea that there's a subgroup of the population that you're trying to serve by distinguishing yourself and practicing that specialty, right? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, going, <laughs> I'm a big PEDS fan, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, some of the more specialties in PEDS, you know, you talk about cardiology and nephrology, all these different areas, and you think, okay, this is a system that I'm interested in, and it's a population that needs my assistance, you know, and skill set. And then I think a lot of us naturally get involved outside of the realm of medicine mm-hmm. with that same group. Yeah. You know, the, the, it was interesting that um, Logan included the um, in his in his question, the idea that he's seeing this distinction on secondary application questions. Mm-hmm. And I was about that. Mm-hmm. What does that mean exactly? Well, I mean, I mean, you, you re- might remember Aline a long time ago that um, you know, these secondary questions are, you know, you submit your primary application and then after a while the school says, mm-hmm. uh, we'd like to Oh, interview. no, I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and um, you know, the, the secondary application questions are usually designed, right, to sort of um, find out more about you and, and how you might fit in, in particular with that particular school. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if the reason that this distinction kind of seems to be apparent is simply because most medical schools, especially state-run schools, Mm -hmm. are focused on primary care, on getting primary Mm -hmm. care physicians Mm -hmm. um, into the workforce for that state. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it might depend on where you're applying. You know, if you're applying to a um, right. to a different kind of school yeah. mm-hmm. um, in a different I'm, part of the country or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe that's the maybe that's the real difference. Mm-hmm. Well, I think like uh, so I have friends that are from the Midwest in this area and we were all kind of applying at the same time. And I think of, you know, states like Iowa and Nebraska who mm-hmm. have the idea of being an underserved rural population, right? Yeah, so yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's big programs out there to recruit Mm-hmm. students and to yeah. go practice out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I wonder how that question is coming across. On, like, how are they making that distinction between primary care as service versus mm-hmm. like more specialized skills and therefore not serviceable mm-hmm. skills? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I like I said, I just think it's I think it's probably the, like maybe it could be the combination of questions that are asked, like, you know, we're, you know, that, you know, mm-hmm. so you've got one question that, that seems to demonstrate or seems to imply that we're really interested in, in making primary care physicians. Right. And then another right. question that says, you know, do, 
that sort of gets at the service aspects. Right. If I remember right, part of that too was like, you know, I, I remember on secondaries and stuff, they, part of it would be, you know, they'd be talking about primary care, but then also you'd have a question saying, at this time, are you interested in yeah. certain specialties? Yeah. Mm. You know, yeah. and then uh, yeah. it's kind of hard as a pre-med to be like, uh, you know, I, you know, you're balancing. Okay, you know, you're, how you're, much do I say? Yeah, you're playing the game, right? Yeah. So, well, also, how do you judge what you want to do before you're you're even in the place? I know. Yep. You know? I mean, some people come in with like, oh, I want to be a CT surgeon. Yeah. Which okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, sometimes they change their minds, sometimes they yeah. don't. Yeah. Um, I well, mean, that's I, what I was going to say. The people who come in knowing what they want to do typically have extensive clinical experience. Like they've yeah. mm-hmm. been exposed to a lot of different things. And then there's people who know they want to help others, but they haven't settled on mm-hmm. one way. And there's so many different ways. Right. And also that changes during med school and, mm-hmm. and during other experiences. So. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think... To uh, Logan's point, how do you like answer to, specifically to answering the questions if that's the stage you're at? I think you really can't go wrong by like truly having an interest in serving in underserved populations in whatever capacity, whether it's like for the rest of your life or like at least in some point in your medical training. I think that's super important. And I think being very clear about that is going to serve you well. Not like mm-hmm. don't fake it, you know, don't say that if you don't mean it. But like hopefully everyone that's pursuing medicine has an interest in helping people of all backgrounds. And I think that's something that is important to mention and I think it's va- like valid whether you are answering a question about why you want to be a surgeon or whether like why you want to be yeah. a rural healthcare provider. Yeah. yeah, if you do want to be a, if you already know you want to be a surgeon, yeah. even if you know you want to be a CT surgeon, yeah. there is absolutely nothing wrong. 100%. With mm-hmm. um saying and I would also like to bring my skills in yeah. some capacity to underserved populations. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, there's literally no shortage of yeah. ways to make other people's lives better. Yeah. Like yeah. Anyone with a skill that someone else doesn't have, like th- this is kind of a dark way to think of it, but anyone with knowledge. I would expect nothing have, less. <laughs> I know, it's my brand. Um, you know, anyone who has skills you don't have is in a position to exploit you. And conversely, anyone with a skill or knowledge that you don't have is in a position to help you. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, this is totally not related, but the thought that I was having as we were having this conversation is. So me and Ananya have kind of a special connection outside of the med school that it's a hobby that is now dead because of COVID. I know. I know. Um, but she and I have done stand up together. And it's funny. Oh, yeah. Before. I remember that. You did that it in the spring. So good. I did. And it was so good to see you. Yeah. It was so, so good. Yeah. Yeah. And you were amazing. You were Thank fantastic. you. You were amazing. You're like seasoned. Yeah. You can tell. I Not anymore if I ever was. But um, That's no, so sad. Like, I never thought so- of that problem. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, sad. You know, it's not something medical or science related, but, you know, it was, it is one way to improve other people's lives. Yes. You know, people come to this, you know, danky bar that I won't name <laughs> just to hang out and, and kind of hear about things that bring them a little bit of joy. Yeah. So there's more to, there's more than one way to serve others. And I think I think Ananya's right and I think Aaron touched on that too. As long as the applicant is making it clear that like, hey, I just want to make other people's lives better. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how yet, but that is the goal. I think you can't go wrong. I don't think it will continue to wrong. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a lot about just showing passion for something, you know, yeah. something. You know, yeah. being able to talk about it, be able to talk about the relevance of that top, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, here's the takeaway of my time in a free clinic, mm-hmm. you know, and here's what I learned and here's how I helped yeah. others, mm-hmm. you know, being able to, to think about that as kind of the focal point mm-hmm. helps a lot of, you know, should kind of help guide an application. Yeah. Yeah. 
And even if further down in your career, you know, so you've, let's say you've become a vascular surgeon um, and you're, you know, sort of lacking, you know, for whatever reason, you're sort of lacking opportunities to, to do that kind of service. Um, look, look for them, make them. Yeah. I mean, one of the great things about medicine is that, um, you know, you're, you're, you're not just relegated to doing one thing. You can, you can provide your expertise to yes. any person that needs it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and, and make a difference. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so it's a pretty cool profession. MD is a, I was going to say, sorry, I'm interrupting you now, all the time, but an MD is kind of the ultimate credential. Like medical school prepares us to do a very, like a kind of a specific job of like, you know, physically and health wise, like caring for people. But like there's, I, I don't think there's any job you can't get by walking in with an MD. If I wanted to be a car salesperson, I could walk into any dealership and be like, I have a doctorate. I, I know what I'm, I know how to talk to people. Number yeah. One. They, they certainly they wouldn't go, to. Oh, I don't know. You're overqualified. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But you know, but like to your point that like medical school prepares you for kind of anything you want to do, mm -hmm. although they don't, they don't really want you to go off and not treat patients because it costs a lot of money to train <laughs> us. And the ideal is for us to, you know, join the healthcare system, but you can do a lot of things, mm -hmm. even on a pro bono basis or like yeah. on an extracurricular basis. Shadow like on providers who serve underserved populations. I think that's mm -hmm. really important before you even get to medical school. And then you'll realize the importance when you become a provider of why you should be giving back to those populations. Or go to like a, you know, a free clinic yes, or, so, you know, mm -hmm. there, there's a lot of places mm -hmm. out there that you can serve, you know, places, you know, even like. Ronald McDonald House, yes, battered women's shelters, yes. you know, they, you know, mm -hmm. get, get out, do some of that service, get out and see these populations that, you know, you'll probably run into some point 100%. in your training. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Good luck. Good luck, Logan. Yeah. Thank you for uh, sending in your question. Uh, keep us posted how it goes and um, hope to talk to you again soon. Hey, I Hi. wanted to give a special thanks to those who shared our show with others during our listener drive and got their special SCP pins as a thank you for me. It has had a, an, a very nice effect for us. And I just wanted to thanks, say thanks very much, especially to Talia, Garrett, Morgan, Kendra, Victoria, Jaden, Adil, Gabriel, Mitchell, Katie, Soma, Noah, Nicholas, Shivam, Richard, and Kyle. If you haven't gotten yours yet, it's on uh, its way this in the next week. Um, and our listener drive is officially over, but you know, let's uh, let's keep it going. Go ahead and continue to share the show often with those you think will enjoy it and benefit from it. And if you send a screenshot of that share to the shortcodes at gmail.com, I will send you an SCP sticker I designed. I'll send it to you for free. No shipping, no cost. I'll just send it to you. Because that's who I am. Because you get I'm fan mail. You get fan mail, so now you're going to give fan mail. <laughs> and as a special challenge, if you, number one, put that sticker on a laptop or face shield or whatever, and then two, take a selfie with it, displaying it in one of your classes, and then three, post it with the hashtag shortcode podcast, I will send you a second sticker oh. for free. Wow. Okay? This, this is the underserved population that Dave serves. The stickerless. The stickerless. <laughs> stickerless. I, I have had this. I have had this idea that you know, for all these people who are you know, so now we're getting into, and, and I, I kind of want to talk about this too. For all this, these people who are f suddenly being like, you know what, I could wear a face shield, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, perfect, perfect opportunity. <laughs> you know, I will sell my, I will sell space on my face shield to any corporation. <laughs> Oh, marketing. You know, if you want to have the, the, you know, I don't know what, the Coca-Cola face shield on Dave Etler walking around the community, 
I'm down with that. Okay. Free ads. Like space. a race car just gets sponsored <laughs> from yeah. yeah. Can I tell the listeners, Dave just did like a very sneaky like look back to make sure nobody was listening to him <laughs> soliciting <laughs> all this advertising on his face shield. It was very funny. Look, take, this, take funny. this idea and, and do what you like with it. As always, I'm giving away free, free ideas. They're not necessarily good ideas, but I bet you somebody's going to do this. I like this. I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. I know. Just saying. It, well, it, that's because everybody's focused happen. on masks. Uh-huh. Well, the universities, uh, like we are a team, like those yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. masks. That's that's free advertising. Yeah. For the oh yeah. I mean, it's very nice and cool and heartwarming, but also they benefit from that materially. Yeah. So. And the appendix will be doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this SCP is brought to you by the appendix. <laughs> the appendix. Art is important. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's genius. I, I do want to talk about face shields. Actually, this is sort of a just. I'm just bringing this up because. So uh, if you could see my office, and maybe I'll post a picture uh, on Instagram, our Instagram. It's great. Um, I have surrounded my desk with a self-made shield of, pla- of clear plastic. Um, oh. And uh, it is interesting. And so, okay. So the reason I want to talk about shields, though, is because I'm not sure this is doing anything. <laughs> I think it's it's really giving you a lot of clout, though. It makes you look really like you know. But I, it safe, makes you look prepared. Put together, yeah. Like yeah. in full disclosure, we are wearing shields yeah. and not yeah. masks as mm-hmm. we sit around and do this. Correct. And but then lately, I keep hearing like I keep reading news stories like eh, the shields aren't really doing anything. It's all it's aerosol, you know, blah 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 blah. And yep. It's going around the side of your shield. It's coming in, and, and I'm like, and, and it's kind of it's kind of like well, okay. Um, it's good you're telling us this now when we're, you know, uh, well, close together. Haven't you been reading about this? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I have been, yes. Is, is, this, is this doing anything? Is this shield I think doing it's anything? a good, I mean, even if it's placebo security, it's still, you know, it does something for the, I almost said for the heart. You guys <laughs> it see does it, something for the heart. Do you see it going away, though? Like, I, that, that's what? something that I've been The shield? Thinking. Well, the shield and the masks. So like I'm, I don't I'm, see I don't see either of them going no, away. Do I'm just saying that. Well, okay, so know. I'm not th- I'm not saying like a okay we have a vaccine people are instantly getting away from the PPE. But I'm thinking about countries like uh, you know my my fiance was a uh, took Japanese classes and like that's a that's a big cultural thing. Masks. Masks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If if you think you're sick, it's a mm-hmm. courtesy to other people to wear masks, mm-hmm. right? Like is that so, is this something now that we adopt? Here, courtesy. Like, Do Americans adapt courtesy? Uh, yeah. I don't know. We're not doing great <laughs> Maybe, so far. Hopefully. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it's, it's been a hard sell already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. Cultural change takes a while. That's you know. Let's be let's be clear. Um, I, I do think it's, I, I, I do sometimes think about, you know, for instance, uh, you know, being, working at a university, it's mm-hmm. very common to see people from, um, other countries, especially, uh, Asian mm-hmm. countries, mm-hmm. um, working and, and going to school and, yep. um, being a part of our community. Um, and some of them have come over from, you know, China or, or Japan mm-hmm. or other places where mask use is super common. Yeah. Right. And I wonder mm-hmm. if they're just like. It's about time. Bunch of idiots. <laughs> I know. Seriously. seriously. What the hell took you so long? Uh, I think, you know, to a significant degree in the U.S. compared to other countries, we really, like, the foundation of our country is rooted in personal freedom. Yeah. And I think that's why it's such a hard, like, um, I don't think, I don't think Americans, I don't think we don't want to protect others. It's just like in a very deeply ingrained way, it's 
it does on some level kind of cause you to cast aside your personal freedom. And I think that's a, that's a really tough sell. Yeah, don't yeah. tell you, don't tell us, I mean, don't tell us how to protect others. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, the same thing happened with seatbelts. I remember, you know, when, yeah. when seatbelts oh became um, mm-hmm. required in many states, it was like, you can't tell me why personal freedom. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now everybody wears seatbelts. So, I mean, it took many years and we don't have that kind of time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, but, uh, is it just a general thing with public health? Do we think like hey. adopting new public health standards? I think mm-hmm. like smoking in public yeah. area, you know, same yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, now nobody smokes anymore, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I get the aspect of like you know I shouldn't have to do anything for anyone else, but like these things are like seatbelts and masks and like smoking. These are, are all things that also like impact your own health. You know, like you would maybe yeah, exactly. hope There's that you could yeah. push that yeah. <laughs> viewpoint that it like help. It'll help you. You don't have to help anyone else. You don't have to you know go out of your way. But I don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't. You know, like the thing I keep thinking about is are these are are you know is it what I if it be. <laughs> we have all day take your time thank you we have all day the uh <laughs> you know some in the medical community are saying that um you know shields alone don't do much yeah. maybe we should also be wearing masks. and this is yeah. like new this is like a new thought mm-hmm. um at least as far as i can tell mm-hmm. the cdc doesn't recommend shields alone yeah. for instance and um, yeah, so I've been tossing around the idea of just not using my shield and using a using a mask for the most part, and mm-hmm. and and um, because for a while I was like, psych, I can use a shield and it'll be the same. Mm-hmm. Awesome! I'm and so I proudly go into high V <laughs> yep. with my shield on. I was the <laughs> oh only person God. in there. You're the only one. And uh, five now stickers I, can't even yeah, see five anything. Five stickers, I can't see nothing. Um, I always thought the masks were better. Yeah. yeah. There's no no openings. For yeah. The air to get in or mm-hmm. out. Well, there are openings though. I mean, unless they unless they're fitted. Yeah. Um, sure. I mean, depending on how tight it is. Mm-hmm. Sure. But mm-hmm. what I've been telling myself is, um, it's all it's layers. It's all about layers. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Layers between me and 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 the germies, <laughs> and um, or layers between my germs and, and you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, no one thing is hundred mm-hmm. percent. It's a. It's all about the. It's all about the many layers between you and me. Six feet. By the way, I'm seeing a lot of people, not CCOM students. I'm seeing a lot of people like not being six feet away. They're wearing their masks. They're wearing yeah, their PPE, but they're problem. standing outside the Java house in a little cluster, like chatting. And I'm. Yeah. yeah. It's really hard for me not to walk up to them and say, "What are you doing?" I know. Break it up. I think it is. I mean, what, I, th- I feel like once you are wearing our guidelines for the fall, are we have to wear a mask and a shield. That's yeah, what when you're us. with when patients. We're, when we're here in Murph. Yeah. When yeah. we're so. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For mm-hmm. small groups. For small groups. Okay. So we'll be and, five yeah. or six of us supposedly. Right. And I think even in those rooms, like we probably will be six feet apart. Even oh yeah. With that, I'm but sure I, that you'll you know corners of the out. table exactly. Yeah. But I think it really does. I feel like at one time wearing a mask and a shield. I feel kind of I don't know. Almost I feel close okay. to invincible. I'm yeah. like, oh, what am I going to do? I can stand right next to some, but that's not true. You know, that's did, still. Did you see, uh, did you get to see uh, Sophie Williams Perez's uh, um, welcome back to CCOM? Video? Oh, yeah. 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 This yeah. is, I'll, I'll describe it for listeners. It was a, it was put together by marketing communications and mm-hmm. it stars co-host and uh, student body president, Sophie Williams Perez. And, uh, you know, she's welcoming students back and saying, you know, this is, and, and new students and saying like, you don't have to creep around, Kate. It's fine. Um, <laughs> that was cruel of me. <laughs> That's Kate DeSherry, um faculty sponsor of the appendix. I just <laughs> wanted to mention. She has no advertisements on her. 
Um, but yeah, so she's welcoming students back and new students to the CECOM and telling them what the expectations are as far as um, PPE and, and social distancing and, you know, using. and it's, it's, it's pretty well done. I suggested her for it mm-hmm. um, when the time came to find students and yep. she and she nailed it. So yeah. mm-hmm. it is dystopian. It's very weird. <laughs> yeah. It's oh, yeah. like super weird. The number of times during the video when she pumps uh, some uh, oh, stuff and uh, some, some alcohol in her hands oh, is, is kind awesome. of hilarious. But oh, my God, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Here's another thing I want to talk about. Med Bikini. The Med Bikini movement. Um, you guys been following this? Oh, yeah. Who wants to summarize yeah. for me? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Ananya, go ahead. Oh, okay. Or, okay. or Aline, you summarize. I think Aline should do yeah. it. I might be too I think I think Eric should mansplain. I'm not implying that Eric is a mansplainer. I'm just for comedic effect. You're saying he could be. Well, as start, wait, 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 yeah. Whatever you do, start with actually. Yeah. Actually, as a cis white male. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it, so from my understanding, as as a male, I will I will take that for granted. So it so you always I, do. You always yeah, take yeah, it for granted yeah, and yeah, I hate it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm over it. <laughs> it's time for that tent. No. Uh, we so the there was a study that came out and it was talking about um, specifically I think the the group was female vascular surgeons and they were looking at unprofessional behavior and social media usage and pictures and they published it and then there it turns out the study was terribly designed and there was a lot of gender bias Mm -hmm. and men are slowly still trying to you know keep our control on the universe and that came out in late july yeah i think Mm -hmm. it was or uh, mid to late july Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, uh, it was in the Journal of Vascular Surgery, and they were, as you say, looking at potentially, quote unquote, potentially unprofessional behavior. Yeah. Um, and they, they, it's hard to tell what the intent, whether the intent was good or not, and it was just That's badly done. Yeah. I never understood that. Oh, well, the intent the that they said it was is, quote, young surgeons should be aware of the permanent public exposure of unprofessional content that can be accessed by peers, patients, and current slash future employers. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. I guess. Um, but what the authors did, apparently, like I'm told, I didn't realize this before this, just before the show, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm told that authors posed as women, um, and then they stalked their subjects' social media, um, which they got names from the Association of Program Directors and Vascular Surgeries database without permission, and then they, you know, used those names to find people's social media, and then they judged whether or not people's posts were potentially unprofessional. Three men judged. Three men. These yeah. are three Profiles men. Profiles of women and yeah. And they were looking for things like, or they cited things like inappropriate or offensive attire, uh-huh. by which they defined provocative posing in bikinis slash swimwear. Yep. And that's mm-hmm. where med bikini came from. Mm-hmm. Um, provocative Halloween costumes, pictures in underwear, uh, controversial political statements, controversial social topics, controversial religious topics, consuming alcohol, uh, slash clear intoxication, um, uncensored profanity, and offensive comments about colleagues, work, and patients. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple in there I can see as being a problem, like, no. 
you don't want to shit where you live, so don't talk about yeah. uh, you know your your work and your patients yeah. and your colleagues yeah. in an okay. in a public inappropriate way. public way. Yeah. yeah. But other than that, I'm not sure that many of. I mean, okay, yeah, clear intoxication. I mean, I guess that's kind of a problem because if you're a doctor telling people not to or to consume alcohol responsibly, yeah, mm-hmm. that could be a problem. The rest, I'm like bikinis. What? That's the thing. When you, yeah, when you say like maybe the intention was good, I think like most of the things on that list, if that was their intention, then that's, it's all very male gazy to begin with, first of all, because it's all like yeah. these men looking at these women deciding what is provocative, why, like what they should and should not be wearing on their own private, maybe publicly accessible, like social media pages. But like, I don't know. Oh, I'm one. small time. Would say that again. Sorry. Like on, on, on their own personal time though. Like oh, exactly. Oh, 100%. I know. And like, I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering like if, if I am looking, I don't know. I'm like, I'm not Eric with his <laughs> male gaze. Just white male privilege. Yeah, I know. No, but Jay, like for real, if I'm like looking at a picture, of, like, I have a male friends, gaze too. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's also Dave with his male gaze. Um, I'm just thinking that like if I'm looking at these pictures, I don't know that I'm like. First of all, my intent is not to like find these and publish on them. First of all. Second of all, I'm not like looking at these pictures of my friends in their swimsuits, thinking like, oh, that seems unprofessional. That seems like it's provocative. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. And like, I think the, this was going around also, like when Med Bikini was going around, one of the, like the really concerning things to me was the fact that, um, one of the, the things that they were considering unprofessional is like talking about their like social political views on like these, um, forums. And I think that's like something that we should all be talking about. I think we should like, as healthcare people that are like going to be healthcare professionals, I think we should be very vocal about like what we feel is happening in the world and how that affects medicine. Even like, I mean like within the context of medicine or like a larger framework, because I think that, I mean it like it changes the way we practice. So well, how could we not have viewpoints on it? I don't know. I don't like. In a way, aren't some of our, like as a, as a physician and as someone who's hopefully going into peds, you know, I'm an advocate for vaccines. Yeah. That's a controversial yeah. topic. Like, it, it yeah. seems like some of these... Na- Why, I have no idea. Right, yeah. but, right. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So, like, as a practical standpoint, naturally, some of the things that we see in our day-to-day lives as physicians and future physicians 100%. are naturally provocative yeah. in that sense. The way that healthcare is funded, the, like, how accessible healthcare is to populations is entirely political, and I, mm-hmm. I can't imagine not having a take on that and not being vocal about that. I don't know. That seems... Okay, but how far would you take that? On my on my Facebook page, I think I talk about it. On you know. Well, I guess I guess what I was going to say is, you know, how far would you take it if you were like, how would you be happy? Would you be okay with somebody being like, you know, I'm a doctor and um, I don't know, I believe in uh, uh, some something that most people don't believe in or don't agree with? What about the doctor with? Or the the was it the documentary or the fake documentary that came out about masks, right? That was supposedly put on by like I think it was like two or three physicians that had viewpoints yeah. that said that the masks aren't helpful yeah. in this state, you know. Yeah. And at by that point you're creating a division, right? And all of a sudden, you know, I think I, if I, I also think that like these are, again, these are like on private pages. I, again, might might be accessible, mm-hmm. but I feel like if you are going to take the time to look up your physician's personal life and you find something on there, I, I don't know. Like that's, I, I mean, don't think it's the physician's onus to like filter what they say on there. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, I think uh, adults understand that, you yeah. know, if you're going to put something online and yeah. somebody chooses to, you know, say not be your patient. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then that's certainly yeah. within their 
mm-hmm. within yeah. their rights to do so. I mean, mm-hmm. I may go into somebody's uh, somebody's exam room and, you know, they say something to me that I don't like and I can choose to exactly. not see them again. Right. Yep. Um, right. I, I just, I mean, it, it, it's, it's important to be careful about stuff like that, but I don't think, you know, yeah. judging people for their, you know, political ideas or their bikinis or their, you know, I don't think it makes a lot of sense. Fortunately, they retracted the study or mm-hmm. the you know, whatever you want to call Talking. it. Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 Talking. They that didn't hold up to scrutiny. Yeah. yeah. I just have this idea of these three men going, mm, that's unprofessional. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think regardless, you know, it's a, this is a bad look. A worse look than a female in a bikini is this image of three men huddled around, like going <laughs> on, like projecting their computer onto a screen and saying, oh, she sucks. She's wearing a bikini. Definitely she has political viewpoint. I don't I just know. think of the, uh, was yeah, it the social network, night, the hot, at, hot or not or whatever. It's literally, no. yeah, literally <laughs> professional, unprofessional. Yeah. Sorry, Aileen. No, no, that's okay. Um, you know, part of the problem is it, it says something about like, what is the norm against which everyone else is being compared. Yeah. And it makes a statement about like, what does a doctor look like? And it doesn't just hurt women. You know, this has been an issue, I think, with a lot of people of color. Like I, I'm not from this country and I didn't realize this was an issue until I moved here that um, there's a lot of weird standards for appearance that are applied to black people mm-hmm. that, you know, more or less amount to, you have to look more white. Mm-hmm. Like you can't wear braids, you can't wear cornrows, you have to look a certain way. And like you, and I mean, Sometimes there's things about someone's body that they simply have no control over. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. And I was just looking at an article talking about talking about this issue and how, you know, diversity of workforce is important because of the diversity of the patient populations that we see. And part of the reason that a lot of people's health issues aren't getting addressed is because they're being seen by people who don't understand them. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's not such a bad thing that, you know, the medical workforce is made up of different people with different lifestyles, right. maybe a yeah. little less conservative than that workforce used to be historically. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there are some people that I wouldn't feel comfortable going to because I don't think they would understand me. Mm-hmm. And obviously, as a patient, that's coming from my own prejudices. Like, you know, I prefer to see a female doctor sometimes Mm -hmm. I feel like they would for certain issues I feel like they would understand me better Mm -hmm. but I think medicine is more conservative than we realize yeah there are many many more like conservative leaning people which is not wrong I'm not saying that that's the problem but it does play out in weird ways in the clinic Mm -hmm. especially when you make assumptions about you know who your coworkers are and yeah and then you are surprised to mm-hmm. know later that you know maybe they don't have the same views as you do i mean there's there's always this what's the what, there's a there's some sort of uh i can't remember what it's called some sort of uh cognitive bias that involves um assuming that the people around you have the same views that you do mm-hmm. um well, the and, problem is- and so when you're like well you know professional looks like x yeah um you know you have to be prepared to f- find out that that's not the case yeah <laughs> yeah. And, yeah and i mean like larger than like there i don't think there was like a single thing in there about like a man who was wearing swim trunks that were too short you know like i just it's it's very like yeah. skew, it's very I've been meaning to talk to eric about his speed yeah eric give me i have a guys. problem guys <laughs> he's wearing it right now and <laughs> we're a little uncomfortable it's my medical um, speed <laughs> That's a prescription speedo. He has his medical student badge. The doctor's like, Eric, uh, I think the best way to treat this is with a speedo. Here's a prescription. Uh, It's it's impregnated with medications. You're doing some good characters today. I like it. I like it. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I just think it was like skewed. 
in a larger context of like how we like see women and how we don't see men conversely like they're yeah, i don't know like what is a i don't know we don't use the word pro- provocative posing for a man there's like i guarantee they didn't yeah. search these pictures of these men for provocative <laughs> oh, poses yeah. like i don't know what that this even look means very ideas laughable for a man i don't see, know what. i don't know it's 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 so it's so scary you're right it's a, pro- it's a provocative pose that exactly. phrase is like yeah very female in my mind. Exactly, because that's like the way that we are like, yeah, inundated with like, that's like how we are, that's how we think. That's the, the, even like certain language in that piece is like how we think of women and how we like objectify the female body, which Will is, Will you yeah, take a know. picture using my phone of Eric and I doing a provocative, doing yes. provocative poses? Gladly. Are you I'm, sure you want Eric Speedo to be seen by the world? I don't know. I don't know about that. Come on, Eric. Stand up. Can, I, right. can we make some suggestions? Yeah. Aline has suggestions. Like, Hold on. Now, we're not, I, I just, just want to be, I just want to be uh, clear. We're not being okay. provocative with each other because no. that would be wildly inappropriate. Like, undo my... My mic. You're, I'm from the speedo. Yeah, I'm just good. <laughs> good, Eric, good, don't good. undo your shoelaces. God forbid some of our listeners okay. may get provoked <laughs> into a state of sexual right. frenzy. You, whatever you're about. Okay, here's what sucks. Whatever go. you're about to do right now is also going to be like provocative <laughs> in the way a woman would be provocative. I already know. So, okay, so there's this what? pose that there's this pose that I see often that we should try that we could do with each other. Okay. That's not weird. Okay. Well, it is a little weird. Okay. Pose. The, do you know the pose I'm talking about where everybody's like, the, people are like, mm, okay, and I'm going to really, I really <laughs> want to get this. Do you know what I'm talking know? about? I was thinking more of the, what's the one that, is it, is it this and you, you do Oh, the this duck. is the sorority squat. That's yeah. actually technically the cheerleader. The cheerleader. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if that's provocative right, right. and like, maybe it is. Okay. I don't know. Who am I to say? Isn't I don't have a male gaze. Eric, you tell me. <laughs> Sorry, Dave, also your male gaze. Tell me. Thank you. All right. I'm getting some really good pictures. Now we're, <laughs> now we're going to counter publish. Now we're going to counter publish a piece. <laughs> Thank you. That was, yeah. that was lovely. To accentuate oh your, your most desirable features. That's what provides. Exactly. exactly. I'm yeah. not seeing any desirable features on, <laughs> on my end. But Eric Speedo looks fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I prefer I've, banana hammock. I don't <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, okay, I have one last comment. That's something I thought of when I was taking this picture of you guys. Yes, yes. Um, I think That's why we did it, to, be, to, to yeah. provoke my thoughts. Right, right. Provocative. Um, it was very provocative. Um, I'm thinking like it makes me uncomfortable to even have a doctor. That would be maybe like if I'm a female and I like know in the future, these, I mean, these are going to be surgeons. It makes me uncomfortable to go into a clinic and think that like one of my doctors. At, if I was going to see one of these three physicians that they like, this is how they're viewing me. Like this is how they're thinking of like me and my body and like the way that I don't like, I don't love that idea that like, I don't know this, like I, when, yeah. you, when you go into a clinic, like it's, it is like maybe the only place where you like strip down and let everybody like somebody very freely, like freely look at all every mm-hmm. part of you. And like, that was like one of my biggest takeaways from like, do like our limited clinical exposure that we've had so yeah. far. Limited. They're so like, they're just so open to like being like to being super honest with you, super vulnerable, both like physically and emotionally. And I think it's like an abuse of that. I really think that I would hope that like no physician of mine is like looking at me and thinking like, oh, her provocative clothing or like the way that she's like, you know, sitting provocatively. I think it's a really bad look for physicians. I think it's not great. It's impossible yeah. to avoid, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, the place where that plays out most dangerously is when people come in complaining about a sexual assault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a, a very interesting paper where the authors um, like issued a questionnaire to a bunch of different doctors and different specialties. And like, there were a lot of really disturbing findings, but like one of the barriers, I think, to health seeking is most of the physicians reported that the second they heard about the involvement of drugs or alcohol, immediately they thought that it was a false allegation. See, yeah. yeah. Immediately they thought it was more the victim's fault than it, you know. Yeah. I don't know. It takes some like very deep soul searching, I think, for people 
for physicians to figure out like what are those biases and how can I actively counteract them? Yeah, it's hard. I guess the last thing that I want to say about this article is how the hell did this get through peer review? Oh how in God. the world did this get through peer review? Well, Eric was actually on that committee. So <laughs> Eric, I can like? tell you. Let me tell you this. <laughs> Hashtag COVID. It, it arrived with a, it, it arrived packaged with a new speedo, and so that's you know it was bribery basically. <laughs> One free banana hammock. I yeah. know you have to. Uh, I don't know. Were there any women on this committee? I don't know. Not the like mentioned advocate for women, but I think at least you know. I don't know. So Don, I'm not trying to have a controversial opinion. I'm I'm just wondering how dare in, you? I uh, don't no, right. Because uh, I mean, isn't I remember when we I think it was. It was either spring or the fall. Mm-hmm. We had the part of the mass curriculum is we had to do the cognitive bias. Our med- oh, medicine yes. and society. Yeah. Yeah. First course. semester it was yep. fall, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we had to do the cognitive bias yeah. test, which is like, you know, you've got two pictures and one yeah. person's heavier, one person's skinny. And yeah. you, had, you know, you'd, you'd correlate with good or bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and... I, if I remember correctly, they, there was also talks about, I think it was different when you broke it down by genders and that even some women also have stricter views yeah. on yep, women yep, yep. as a whole, you know, as a yeah. conservative viewpoint. Yeah. Right. You're right. Which I guess is not um, unexpected. I mean, women are socialized in the same environment exactly. than men are. They may be socialized differently in some ways, but we're still, they're still right. exposed to the same... Yeah judgments yeah, and messages yeah and mm-hmm. messages from yeah. a, a really early age and my right. understanding is that it these ideas are present even in very young children's mm-hmm. minds a lot of times yeah yeah mm-hmm. you're right uh so that's our show eric ananya aline thank you for being my co-host today thank you thanks dave and what kind of garbage person would I be if I didn't thank you, Shortcoats, for making us a part of your week? If you're new here and you like what you heard, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, wherever else fine podcasts are available. I remind you that your questions are vital to the show because they mean it can be what you want it to be about. Be like Logan. Send questions and comments to the shortcoats at gmail.com or you can leave a message at 347-SHORT-CT. We'll talk about it on the show. While your podcast app is open, we hope you'll be the kind of listener that I'm always grateful for. Give us some stars and a review to let us know if we're doing this podcast thing right. Uh, just like soon to be Dr. Wright, Selena BBW, and Jeff Moody, MD, 92, UIC.com did recently. Thank you. Uh, the show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine Student Government and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities program. Our music is by Dr. Vox and Catmosphere. Talk to you in one week. 